Welcome to A Bevy of Bloods, a fan podcast of the Sydney Swans Football Club. My name's Noddy, joined as always by Steve-O. And in this episode number 15, we're going to talk about the game just played against the Hawks, a quick VFL update, a few general topics in the AFL, and finish off with all our tips for the rest of the round. So to all you signets and swanlings out there, fluff up your tail feathers and settle in for a potentially biased yarn about all things to do with our beloved bloods. On a chilly winter's night last Friday, the 11th of June, in front of almost 26,000 people at the Sydney Cricket Ground, the sixth place Sydney Swans were defeated by the 17th place Hawthorne Hawks by 38 points with a final score of 7-9-51 to 14-5-89. Okay, Steve, first impressions, what did you think of that? Okay, was it cold there, was it? I didn't notice it. I was watching on the telly. Was it cold in Sydney? Yeah, it was a cold snap. I think the Thursday was the coldest day of the year to that point, and so Friday was still quite chilly, although there wasn't much wind, so it wasn't too bad. Ouch, sounds nice. Maybe that's why Hawthorne were better because it was bloody Melbourne weather. Maybe that helped them. Um, didn't Melbourne help us. Tas- Tasmanian <laughs> yeah, weather yeah, or something. Tasmanian weather. <laughs> Maybe that's why they want to move there. Um, <laughs> and um, certainly didn't help us. Yeah, look, it was terrible, wasn't it? It was really, really poor um, and a massive lost opportunity. I mean, this was a chance to really shore up our position in the top eight, to go into the bye with nine wins under our belt and only four losses, like really, really strong into the bye. And instead, honestly, the Swans, I thought they were worse than they were against Gold Coast. And I thought we were pretty pathetic against Gold Coast, honestly. Um, we got beaten really badly at the contest. And Hawthorne, they turned up to play and they played really, really well. And, um, you know, credit to them. They they outplayed us. They outpressured us. They they did all the things that I needed to do to break our game, our game style down. And had a good job. And the worst thing is now we've got the bye, so we've got two full weeks to stew on it and think about what could have been before we get a chance to fix it up next time. So, yeah, massive letdown that game. Yeah, same, mate. It was uh, it was a shocker. Um, look, we were just completely off the boil. Other than a few moments throughout, it just felt like we didn't even want to be out there. I mean, they look good and we look bad. And, in fact, I'll actually I'll quote my, my local barista, Alfie. So a bit of a shout-out to Alfie here. It was his first ever Swans game. It was on his bucket list. And, and uh, I got a coffee during the week and, he, and I said, what did you think of the game? And he said, well, you know, um, it looked like every time we caught the ball, the ball was covered in oil. But when they <laughs> caught it, the ball was covered in Velcro. And I was like, Alfie, that's an excellent observation, mate. Thank you for coming to support us. And I'm extremely sorry we served up that nonsense to you for your first game. But I just thought that was um, a pretty good in, um, observation because it just... They looked good and, and we were bad and their goodness made our bad look even worse. I, I don't know if any of that made sense, but they were my first impressions, mate. What were your key takeaways, Steve-O? Um, oh, I mean, we talked about this before, that there's no easy games. I think we said it even in the preview before the Hawthorne game last week. You know, there's no easy games in the AFL. And this proved that this is a team that's been, what, in the bottom two for the whole year. They've, they've barely cracked a win against even some of the real battling teams. And they brought their best footy and they played absolutely their best footy. And it was too good for our not best footy, which is what we turned up with. You know, it was um, it was kind of the Gold Coast game all over again. And um, I guess all I'm really holding on to after this is that, you know, it's, it's one terrible loss. It's our second really terrible loss of the year. The other games we've lost have been disappointing, but I haven't walked away from them feeling that we were terrible like this one or the Gold Coast one. Um, but, you know, we came back after the Gold Coast one and had a bit of a good spell and got some wins back on the board. And, you know, we can do it again. We can go into the bye, um, 
fix up some stuff, take a rest, and come back for a decent crack in the final what nine nine games of the year. And and I guess the other thing is, I wish if we we're going to play badly, we'd do it against the good teams. Like, why can't we play? awful against the Bulldogs or I don't know, Melbourne, like these teams who are probably going to beat us anyway. And then against the bottom teams, we still play all right. So instead we seem to be producing our worst footy against the worst teams and our best footy against the best teams. And if you look at our, our numbers against the top eight, like the teams who are currently in the top eight, we've won three and lost one against the top eight teams and against the bottom 10, we're five wins, four losses, which pretty much says it, doesn't it? And, and our recent form isn't even great either. We won four in a row to start the year, and now we've won four and lost five in our last nine. So our form line at the moment, I think, is more of a you know seventh to twelfth team rather than a top four team where we could have been had we pinched this win off the Hawks. Yeah, mate, absolutely. Look, for me, yes, they kicked well. I'll talk about that in a second. Yes, they play hard. You're going to talk about that in a second. And yes, they definitely deserve to win. So I'm just going to get those three comments out of the way first. But on behalf of the scores of scathing Swans fans, free kicks. We couldn't buy a free kick last Friday. What's going on there, mate? Sydney had 10 free kicks, Hawthorne 26. It was the biggest free kick differential for us this year. The Hawks got plus 16 free kicks. I had flashbacks at the 2016 grand final. I was having panic attacks. It wasn't pretty. All right. I, I went to the footy with um, yeah, our group and my mate Cyrus came along. He's a Mad Pies fan. I was actually in Sydney to watch Bucks last game on the on the Monday there against the D's who got a win. So good on them. Um, but he, he sat with us looking, even as a neutral fan and, and an absolute Hawks hater, he, 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 it was his opinion that, look, not too many of the free kicks that were paid against us weren't there. What he means to say is that, you know, like it sucks to be – on the wrong end of the free kick count, but they were legitimately there. My point to him was, and I think to you, we were speaking earlier, is that watching the replay, it just didn't look like we were even getting the 50-50 calls. You know, they're getting the 50-50 calls. We weren't. Over the course of the game, a 16 plus 16 difference in free kicks. I don't know. I just, I, I guess I represent the, the heart on your sleeve, one-eyed, raging swans fans out there we're not we're not we're not so logical we're not so reasonable and we uh we scream our guts out at the footy but um look anyway from my mind the the buy has come at a good time i know we're going to sit on this loss and and hopefully that motivates us to get our ass in the gear for you know around um 15 onwards but yeah i, I just i think we need a couple of weeks to to recover because i know there's a couple of players who i think are out on their feet but look sorry <laughs> We're here. I'm just quick. When Papley got marched, right? He got he got uh, penalised 50 metres for giving Razor Ray a mouthful, right? So that happened, even though it was holding the ball, and that was a howler, right? I think we can all acknowledge. Um, but then it felt like Razor went on to penalise us for the next few in a row. And it, look, is this an additional punishment to Papley or the Swans? I don't know. I mean, Razor, the man, the 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 enigma that Razor Ray is. I mean, that's a whole topic we could talk about there. But uh, yeah, look. It hurt to watch. I know you've got opinions about free kicks, Steve, but you, thank you for indulging me. <laughs> no. Look, I think I mean, free kicks is always a tough one because there's so much emotion in footy all the time. And the way that our game is, it's often very hard to even agree. Like we, you and me, we can sit here and watch tape and we do this. Um, we sit there after after games sometimes and we, we both watch the same replay and you're convinced that there is a free and I'm convinced there isn't or vice versa. So even amongst footy people, it's often 
tough. Like you listen to the commentators, they don't always agree if it's a free kick. So it is a tough game to umpire and it's a tough game to watch as a fan when you're not getting the 50-50s. And I agree actually that there were some of those 50-50s, especially tackle free kicks, like ones that we could have got holding the ball for or, or like incorrect disposal free kicks for that just didn't seem to be getting paid. And it was frustrating. That Papley one is a perfect example. To me, that's holding the ball every day of the week. The commentators debated it. Most of them agreed that they thought it was a holding the ball. And then for some reason, sometimes that just don't get given. And, you know, how do you tack your way back into a game, especially if you're struggling to, to win the footy and you're trying to tack your way back into it. And then every time you you do a good tackle and the ball pops out, it's play on, you know, it's tough because all your energy goes into tackling and then you got to get back up and go again. It's tough. So, yeah, I'm... Yeah, I guess we, I mean, we talk about free kicks a lot, right? <laughs> after <laughs> after the games, and usually it's it's um we eventually come to some sort of consensus towards the end. And I think on this one, I think on this one, um, yeah, the number is big, but I don't think that we were hard enough at the footy. And I think if we had been hard enough at the footy, we probably would have got more of those 50-50s because we just weren't attacking the ball. That's a logical response that is based. In on reason, so <laughs> I, I do appreciate that, Steve. But good God, it was hard watching at the ground. Oh my God, okay. Quarter by quarter breakdown. All right, let's have a look at this. So, first quarter, um, the Hawks beat us four goals two uh, to our three goals two. Somehow, we stayed in that. Um, second quarter, this was really their big quarter. Uh, Hawthorne scored five goals one to our two goals one. Uh, third quarter, it was a draw, it was one goal one each. Uh, and then the final quarter was another big one and frustrating for us. Um, but the Hawks scored four goals, one, and we scored one goal, five, uh, to lose by 38, almost the same uh, margin as that Suns loss, which was 40 in the end. All right, Steve, stats, throw me some numbers, mate. Oh, the big one for me was contested possessions. We got smashed on contested possessions, minus 26, which is a belting. And for me, contested possessions, it's... Like it, it kind of shows our lack of effort around the footy and around the contest that um, that we just weren't getting to the ball and winning it when when there was hard balls to win and when there was physical contest. And if you look at there was a couple of quarters in particular we got smacked in the um, in the first quarter we lost the contested possessions by fourteen and then again in the last quarter by ten and that was when most of the damage really in contested possessions was done. But even in those middle two quarters where it's a bit more even. Um, we still were getting beaten at the footy a lot of the time and and not playing well. Third quarter, I actually thought we didn't play too terribly. And if we'd not blown a few chances, we could even have scraped our way back into the game. But their intent around the footy was massive. I mean, the only time this year that we've lost contested possessions by anywhere close to that before this week was against the Cats, which, funnily enough, we won. Um, And we lost it by 34 against Fremantle. We lost it by 15. We lost it by nine against Gold Coast. In any other game this year, the biggest gap in contested possessions one way or the other has been seven. So to lose it by 26 is an absolute flogging around the ball. Um, yeah, that was my biggest stat for this week. Yeah, fair call. You could see it. I mean, it was very evident, but it's it's a funny thing because I was trying to, you know, make a connection between contested possessions and free kicks and then I just couldn't uh, pull out a clear, you know, stat. Um, so anyway, I, I chose to focus on our accuracy because, look, um, even though we had like a decent number of inside 50, so it was Sydney had 50 to Hawthorne's 59. Obviously, they still beat us by nine, and you know maybe you go through and you and you have a look at those um, those the difference of the inside 50s lead to goals. But it it just didn't we didn't look like scoring. We just didn't look dangerous. It was our lowest score of the year, 
Okay, so it was our worst performance on the scoreboard. Um, our next lowest was uh, a total of 58 to Melbourne, which looked, I mean, that was a game we felt like we could have won. You know, we, we also had uh, plus six in the contested possessions and plus two in the free kicks against Melbourne. So again, like, it's very difficult to try and draw a trend out of these stats, but um, it just goes back to your point about effort. You know, I just think we were, yeah, we were beaten. But look, we converted at 43.8%. So that was our equal second worst this year. Um, funnily enough, again, uh, the loss against Melbourne, we were 44%. And the win against Essendon was our worst of the year, 39%. So again, it's hard to know, you know, looking at numbers alone, if, you, if, it's, if you're going to win or lose. But the, the other thing is that we, I talk about every week is how many of those inside 50s, what percentage of those inside 50s turned into goals. And that was 14%. And that was our lowest of the year. Okay, so even though we had 50 uh, inside 50s, barely close to the Hawks, 59, we just didn't convert. Right. Conversely, it was the Hawks' third highest score of the year, but by far their most accurate um, in terms of conversion this year, 73.7%. So 74%, right? So that was a clear 10 to 15% better than I think their next best. They looked dangerous. They, they had way more intent. They just were more capable and it showed. So that was my, I was looking more at conversion and accuracy this week. So um, oh, just a quick apology. Last, uh, last uh, episode, I commented um, saying the last time there was a, a game decided by single digits between the Swans, Horse was still assistant coach. Uh, I think I said round one of 2012, and that should have been round one of 2010 um, when St Kilda beat Sydney by eight points at ANZ. All right, um, Steve-O, moving on. Uh, what were your favourite moments of the game, mate? Oh, when it was over, um, <laughs> it was terrible. But for the sake of um, for the sake of the segment, I will comment on a couple of our goals. Um, our first goal, Franklin, the um, in the first quarter, he takes a really good mark just on the fifty, just on the fifty, and he plays on, goes around the mark. I'm not sure whether he was actually originally planning to hook around and have a shot himself, but there was a bunch of Hawks players there in his space, which was where they should have been because they know he's going to do that. And he ducks and weaves through, I think, three of them and comes back inside. Little dinky pass to, to Will Haywood, who kicked a nice set shot goal for our first one. Um, and I think we missed Haywood too. After he, after he got hit and went off with the, um, with the sub, we definitely missed having Haywood's um, impact around the ground and up forward. And then I guess the other one was Heaney's first goal too. I mean, and Heaney had an absolute terrible game. He didn't get near it most of the game. They had him floating around the back line at times to try and get a touch, but... Um, the, in his first goal in the first quarter, the ball comes into a contest, there's his perfect crumb, and Heaney gets it and runs around and snaps it. And the thing I really like about Heaney, the way he does it, he's one of these players that when he crumbs a ball like that, and often the instinct is just to move in the direction of the goal and get drawn into the traffic. And he does the opposite. He, he pulls away, he comes around his arc, gets himself that space and, and nails a really nice balanced shot rather than crashing through the pack. So, um, I mean, two players or three forwards, I guess, Franklin, Hayward and Heaney, I've featured there. None of them did much after that, but that was about the highlight of the night, wasn't it? The first 20 minutes when we got up by a point. Yeah, we were still, we were still in it there. Yeah, there was life. There was things were still possible in in the world, <laughs> but um, yeah. Look, I don't know. I just the was world, so yeah. despondent. I, yeah, it was so <laughs> negative. But um, look, I had I had three moments. Two were off field. <laughs> had nothing to do with the yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. So, nothing to do with yeah. the footy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna. My first one was my little bro meeting Stewie Maxfield at the pub before the game, getting a selfie with him, and then letting the group know that it just met Stewie Maxfield. 
and then me rocking up at the pub afterwards after work and then going up to Stewie Maxfield and also getting a selfie with him, just saying, look, on behalf of our family, you're a legend. We loved you because we all grew up watching him. He was one of our favorite players. Um, yeah, I had, a, I had a chat to him and he was uh, just an absolute, he was a legend. He was a legend to my bro as well. Um, yeah, managed to plug the podcast. So yeah, shameless plug there. But um, yeah, just want to say Stewie Maxfield, thanks for the good memories at the Swans and also uh, thanks for being a legend the other night. Uh, my game favorite moment was Joel Amati's first goal in AFL. Um, I just happened to be like right where he took the mark. Um, so we'd we'd um, we'd stepped away from our seats to go down to the the, the bar and, and and grab a bite to eat um, just before halftime, and uh, yeah, um, my missus went to the toilet and I just sort of walked down the steps and he'd taken a mark. He was about 50, 55 out. Um, it was it was the non-alcohol section, so I was I probably smelt, was reeking of it. But um, the uh, yeah, he kicked kicked his first goal and I had it all on video. I think I sent it to you early earlier on. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was awesome, Mark, and a, and a really great goal. He really bombed that. I think it was about 55 in the end, but um, that was my favorite goal, um, or sorry, game moment. Um, other than that, um, had a really cool chat with a, um, a group, of, group of Swans fans um, with Tony and his crew. Um, the reason I approached him is because he was, he was basically wearing the same amount of red and white merchandise as I do, which is basically, you know, head to toe. Uh, include underpants as well. So I'm talking like socks, undies. I've got a swatch watch that's red and white. Like it's ridiculous. But this bloke had a fair amount of red, red and white on as well. So went up to him and said, I like what you're doing, mate. You know, just had a bit of a chat with him, met his group. Um, yeah, just also plugged the podcast to those guys. But um, yeah, no, his little bro is um, coming, I think, in the top 100 or 200 in fantasy. So this is a group of uh, diehard Swans fans, but also footy fans. So that was that was awesome for me. So having uh, fun moments that didn't involve the game <laughs> was a good way to sort of offset uh, the, the turmoil and the tragedy of the game. But um, all right, let's move on to the A-Bob medal, which is uh, where we both choose our five best Swans on the ground using the 5-4-3-2-1 scoring system with five points being the best. Uh, Steve-O, kick us off, mate. Yeah, and before I do this, can I ask, and I've been meaning to ask you this for the last couple of weeks, for our international fans especially, but because um, we do have quite a few people listening from abroad and also those that aren't in Sydney, like Swans fans around the um, around the country in Australia, how much is a beer and a pie at the SCG these days? It's a while since I've been. Oh, goodness, mate. Um, so a Carlton, a Carlton, which is just your average, you know, it's not a fancy craft beer or whatever. They've just put it up. It used to be 980 it's now ten dollars twenty for a. It's not even a pint. It's like a schooner. So what's that? Four hundred and twenty-five mil. So it's uh, it's not cheap, but um, it. Uh, so that's the and then the pie I think is probably like I want to say like four, six bucks maybe. Okay, so that's that's not too. I mean, because if I compare for finished price in euros for those who who don't want to get out their currency converter right now in euros, that's about six euros ish for a beer, just over six euros for a beer. That's not too terrible for Northern Europe prices. For Central European prices, it's extortionary. But, um. <laughs> well, I mean, look, yeah. we were having beers at the pub, and they were they were pints, and they were, you know, probably better tasting, you could say, and they were about the nine ten dollar mark. So okay. I think they, the, I think the stadium keeps pace with with how much beers are in in Sydney. And I'm not I'm not approving of the price of beers in Sydney. Let me get that straight. I think I think they're. Um, they're, they're more expensive than they need to be, but let's face it, 
they've got a captive market, haven't they? So we're going to buy the beers. Yeah, that's but, where um, else you're going to go. You're not going to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want a exactly. beer with footy? You got to go there. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, you could go to the non-alcohol section, but um, there's bound to be some drunk idiot there screaming at Amadi getting his first goal. Asking but, some um, that he's got matching socks with to come and take a selfie. Yep. Uh, um, Tony but... and his crew, they were in the Four Pines bar. So okay. We had an awesome beef. Uh, we had a beef brisket burger. It was delicious. It was the best food we've had um, in recent times. There's good, there's good food in the, in the newsstand um, over the Bradman. Uh, but yeah, in the O'Reilly, there's not, there's not much um, choice. So yeah, look at us talking about everything other than the game. We, we don't want to talk about the game. We, <laughs> does, we're does trying to find... want to hear about it. All right, let's let's just yeah. quickly go through five, four, three, two, yeah, because yeah. I think you know that I think we both agreed it's like we have we we didn't really want to give points to to our players, but let's go. Give me your top five. Yeah, yeah. As as you said, someone had to get votes for the purpose of the of the project. And these are points <laughs> allocated very much on effort rather than impact on the football game. So um, five gave five to Josh Kennedy, four to Callum Mills, three to James Rowbottom, two to Dane Rampey, one to Jake Lloyd. Okay, mate. I gave five to Kennedy, four to Mills, three to Parker, two to Rowbottom and one to Amadi. So, um, look, do we want to go through what we thought was good? Like, we, I've, I'm in a bit of a sour mood now. <laughs> yeah, me too. How about, let's just, let's, let's just talk about Amadi because it's only his second game for the season and I guess only his third game for his career. Let's just talk about him and why he deserved a vote because he came close to me. I, I almost gave him one as well and I almost gave him votes last week too, actually. So, Well, that's a good point, Steve. I think just after last week, I think he backed it up. Like he, um, and I, I think he was the, the Swanee I, I, I wanted to fly high. And he almost got it. I think I asked for 15 disposals, five marks, and two goals. And he got 12 disposals, four marks, two goals, or well, two one, right? He, la- he laid seven tackles. Um, he, he chopped out uh, Hickey. I thought he did pretty well. He wasn't dominant, but he, he certainly, um, you know, showed again that he's at the level. Like early on, uh, I think Chris, uh, one of the boys there, he, the guy I do the, um, the other podcast with a quick bevy, um, he said that Amadi was looking gassed early on, and he was, but that was because it was a fair bit of fast movement in that first quarter, or certainly first half. But I thought he settled in well. And um, yeah, I really thought that goal that he got, um, that first one of his, was going to be the thing that got it, like just woke everyone up. But it wasn't, wasn't to be. And nevertheless, he st- I thought he had a good game two inside 50s, uh, five clearances. He scored 92 in fantasy. So I'll talk about that in a sec. But yeah, I, I thought he had a brilliant game for his second game. Or sorry, third game. Yeah, he was. And he made me sort of think a bit too that um, I guess Sam Reed is coming back hopefully soonish. And I really think we're missing Sam Reed actually. Um, having to, mm. I mean, we're working at the moment, we're working between having Amadi, McLean, and McDonald as those additional tools forward and mm. just think how much of a difference it would be if one of those three, it doesn't matter which one at the moment, cause you know, um, we don't know, but Sam Reed would be a massive difference if you had like say a, a Reed and a Marty up there rather than a Marty and McDonald who tries and he's doing well and he's learning footy, but he's not a Sam Reed level player yet. Um, so I think that, um, that going forward, it's really good to see a Marty in that sort of form because he's showing that, there's, there's, you know, between him and McLean and McDonald, we've got these three tall forward options that can really come in and have an impact on a footy game, which I liked a lot. And he's kicked for goal, man. Like he's a, 
he's a very relaxed set shot, isn't he? Like he just went back and lobbed it from. Yeah, that was a big kick. 50. It wasn't yeah. like it, it was. I think he, by the time it hit his foot, I think it was about fifty three, fifty four. Like it was, it was certainly beyond the beyond the arc. And um, yeah, no, look, I, I think you make a really good point. Like Sam Reed, I think was a, a national draft. Like he was taken in the national draft, whereas these other two guys are a bit more speculative. Um, I think preseason supplemental for McLean and then also rookie draft for Amadi. So they're always going to be a work in progress. And they've been in the system for a couple of years now, certainly showing very, very good signs. But yeah, they are of a different caliber of, uh, of Sam Reed. And it's just that Reed's had his issues with, um, I guess, health. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I think if you had the two L, it's that balance that we, we haven't got at the moment. And that's, you know, because of um, injury, really. But it, 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 it it looks good for the future. Like if uh, we'll talk about it later on, but McLean had a bit of a bit of a good day at the VFL. So if you can get these guys functioning well in the, in the coming three to five years, then they're going to be a very dangerous forward line. Um, if they don't get, if one of them doesn't get shifted to the back line as an extra tool, mm. and if we keep them. But anyway, this we're sort of talking about other things that don't have to do with the uh, the ABOB medal. But I'm I'm pretty happy to leave it there. I mean, look, the other thing is that the other players we've chosen are our stock standard, get the job done every week type of players, apart from Rowie, who's sort of in that phase of going from um, young, don't know what he or could be anything to actually string some really good performances together. So, yeah. Um, and he did a good job too. To, uh, you're just yeah. on Robottom, I guess. I thought Robottom did a really good job after halftime on Tom Mitchell. Tom Mitchell was dominant in the first half and he was still effective in the second half, but nowhere near as dominant. So I thought and he, a lot of his possessions that he had were kind of hat kicks and stuff that he did get his hands on. So I, I really liked the way that Robottom was able to knuckle down and do a job on him. That's why I had him so high up in the votes. You had him too as well. I had him three. So yeah, I thought a good game from him. Yeah, Rowie, um, just he's he's becoming one of my favourite players, paddle bum as some people call him. But um, I'm happy to to roll with the Rowie. But um, yeah, mate. Oh, just real quickly, uh, we had a few incidents in the match review office. So do you want to run us through those? Yeah, I mean, the one that affects the Swans most was Wicks. Sam Wicks has been given a week, one week suspension, which he'll serve after the buy. So he'll come back, I guess, for the West Coast game. Um, will be the first game that he's available fit. Um, yeah, he hit Will Day high. Um, he sort of ran over the footy, got Day while Day was trying to pick up the ball while he's on his knees. And the match review office said that it was, I think I've got written here, careless conduct, medium impact, high contact equating to a one-week ban, whatever that means. It means that he, he hit him in the head over the footy and got a week. Um, I didn't have a problem with that. I thought that was fair out of that. I thought a week for that looked about right. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, I was fine with that one. And James Warple from the Hawks, um, he also got a weak suspension for a dangerous tackle on Harry Cunningham. Again, I was fine with that one. He sort of, you know, threw him down. It was pretty dangerous. And um, this is sort of tackles they're trying to take out of the game. So again, a week for that seemed about right. And then the other one that they looked at, which nothing happened for, was when O'Meara crunched Hayward and nothing. I mean, he didn't get um, didn't get cited even. There wasn't a fine or, or anything for that one. It, the quote from the AFL review was, it was the view of the MRO that O'Meara was contesting the ball and had no realistic alternative way to contest the ball, whatever that means. Okay. Can I just say, I think that's malarkey, right? So I, I'm not talking about um, Malachi Carruthers here. So Wicks, all right, I'm not disputing Wicks. You know, the hit on day was a bit high. So if you're going to give him a week, that's fair enough. But how was O'Meara on Hayward, who got concussed and had to be substituted by James Bell? How I I can't I can't understand. Are they still feeling sorry that he himself got concussed by 
um, that that Blues player, I think it was Plowman, wasn't it, a couple of weeks ago? Like, oh, we'll, yeah. we'll give Jager a, oh, it's all good, mate, no worries. Like, to say that he had no realistic alternative, here's a, here's a realistic alternative. Don't drop your hips and line your shoulder up and go in with your shoulder. I, I don't know, man. Uh, anyway, it doesn't really change the course of anything. But, um, look, I think um, we've been talking about Wicks as well, saying that maybe it's time for him to have a bit of a spell. And um, I, I thought he looked lively at, at parts. I think he kicked one goal, two, so one goal, two, sorry. But, um, you know, he's, he's got a forced week off here, so um, it'll give him a chance to recover and recuperate himself. So it might be a little bit of a silver lining there. But, um, yeah. Let's not spend too much time on this because, again, this is one like where we can just spiral and things get out of control, yeah. and it's all—it's an establishment <laughs> problem um, and a procedural problem. And I know we've both got opinions on it, but let's uh, let's come back to it if that's yeah. right, Steve. Yeah, no, the only thing I think everyone wants from the tribunal is consistency, and there's just none this year, and it's really well, difficult to know what's going on. Consistently inconsistent. Yeah, so, true. Yeah. It's a form of consistency. Yeah, so look, I, it's just you're, scratch, you're left scratching your head. But obviously, safety is paramount, but there's got to be some sort of... Yeah. <sighs> anyway, all right, let's. Um, I'm going to move on to the AFL fantasy team, a bevy of bloods, give you a quick update. Um, so a bevy of bloods consists solely of current swans plus a few ex-swans to help us out with injury cover. In round 13, A-Bob scored 1,398 uh, points, uh, which was one point more than last week. So it shows you we're pretty consistent with our... Uh, fantasy output and we are ranked and we're ranked 48,706th which leaves us sitting at 64,452nd overall which is another about 2,000 place improvement on last week um, and I'll tell you why that's happening in a moment um, top five of the game three of the top five scores uh, of the game were our Swannies in second third and fifth the highest scoring Hawk was X1 Tom Mitchell on 125 which was also the game high uh, the top five Swannies were Kennedy on 119, Mills on 113, Rampy on 109, Parker on 106, and Rowey on 101. So the good things were that the old heads keep getting it done. Um, obviously, couldn't get us the win, but still performed pretty well in a fantasy fantasy sense. So Kennedy, Rampy, Parker, um, you know, getting all good scores um, plus 100. Good to see Mills, Rowey, and also Amati, who scored 92, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, some youngsters coming through with some good fantasy form. Again, um, for the listeners who are tuning in, uh, fantasy is a game that's run by the AFL. Um, I think a lot of other sports have it. It's sort of like um, super coach and, and fantasy and all this stuff. You basically get points for every foot, for every act that you do on the field. So a tackle is worth four points, a uh, kick's worth three, a mark's worth three. So the, the higher the points you have, the more active you were in a game um, overall. Uh, one negative uh, was that Jake Lloyd only scored 84 this round. Uh, I've just gotten used to him scoring 100 plus. So I think this was about the fifth score of his under 100 this year. So it shouldn't affect his um, average of about 100 too much because he'll bounce back and, uh, and 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 roll on. But yeah, just uh, just had to call that out there. Um, in terms of trades, we've got the week off obviously with the buy round coming up. So um, won't really look to do too much because I have to wait and see who's looking likely to come in. Um, but I do predict that we're going to drop a lot of places this round because um, the reason we've been slowly climbing is that other teams have had a lot of their players who didn't play because those players have been in teams that had buys. So with those with those players coming back, um, you'd expect other teams to score more. So I'm, I'm guessing that um, our current 64,000th rank 
may get hit. We may get bumped down to 70,000 again, but we'll, uh, we'll keep on working hard, won't we, Swannies? So, all right, uh, fun times, AFL Fantasy, check it out. Uh, lastly, Steve-O, VFL update. Can you give us a quick update on that, mate? Yeah, I mean, because of the COVID stuff that's been happening in Victoria, a lot of the VFL hasn't been happening, but the teams outside of Victoria and and there are, what, there's the Swans and the Giants and the Suns and the Lions have all got VFL teams, plus there's um there's several other Queensland-based teams, or at least two. Um, yep. And so they yeah, are all still playing against each other. So the VFL is a bit of a mess at the moment in terms of some teams have played five games, some have played seven. It's a bit chaotic on the ladder. But the Swans played Gold Coast this week that we just had um, on that on the tramway oval outside the SCG. Um, and they lost in a heartbreak. They lost by three points to a goal after the siren. They led by as much as 38 points late in the second quarter. And then the Gold Coast just kept coming at them and on the buzzer. They got a winning goal, which was which was tough for the um for the young Swans reserves. But um, best players for for us was uh, Cal Sinclair was really strong. Um, Clark McLean kicked four goals. Ridden and Blakey, so some familiar names there. All of them have spent some time in the seniors. Um, all played well. Blakey, um, some might be interested to know, was playing quite a bit off a halfback flank. Um, and mm. we're used to seeing him okay. more on a wing and forward. So I'm not sure why they've got him playing there or, or what the deal is. Maybe it's to get him some touch or, or to try him out in different positions. We'll, we'll find out, I guess. But yeah, he, so he was playing a bit across the back half of the ground. Um, and in terms of form, we're not looking good on the ladder. We've won two and lost five. So we're 14th on the ladder. But that might actually get worse because there's a bunch of other teams around us who've played less games because of the COVID postponements and who knows how or when they're going to catch those games up or what the plan will be we're still waiting to hear and as for the next vfl game again we're not sure they're doing it week by week the vfl fixture at the moment until things um until things improve in victoria and yeah that's it for the vfl for this week fair enough there's 22 teams in the vfl um so we're 14th out of 22s that's right um look i look the swans uh sorry the suns had a bunch of um afl listed players as you said and they might even be a combination of higher draft picks than, than our AFL-listed players. But, yeah, Joel Jeffrey to kick that goal on the siren. Oh, geez, that was hard to watch. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Blakey was looking okay off the halfback there, wasn't he? He's, I mean, he's got he's, – we know he's got a nice kick, so be interesting to watch that one. Hmm. Yeah, and he was listed in the best players, so. Yeah, I, I watched that. I, I, I watched that on KO and um, sped through, and, yeah, it's um, – it was interesting the the setup they went with, but yeah, it was good to see McLean get on the end of a couple of goals as well, because then um, keep up that form for when if uh, Amadi and or McDonald drop off, then we've got another um, young uh, goal kicker coming back in. But um, we'll have to wait and see how we are sitting in terms of uh, health uh, for our next game. All right, a uh, couple of topics in the AFL. Um, we're going to have a quick chat about a few things in general, um, and I think it's going to focus about. Uh, the Swans in our run home. So it's a little bit about the AFL, but it's mostly about the Swans. So, Steve-O, uh, the run home, did that Hawks loss mess up our finals chances? Yeah, that's the, that's the question, isn't it? And as soon as we lost that game, or as soon as it was clear we are going to be losing that game, the first thing I started doing, even in the final quarter, I think, while we were clearly going to get done, was to start getting out the um, the fixture and the ladder and and thinking, okay, has this messed us up? What what is this doing to the ladder? Because if we'd won that game, we would have been you know percentage in the top four. Um, yeah, crazy. Yeah, which is which is like nine nine wins out of um out of thirteen games is a really really strong effort. Like that's that's top four 
winds level. Um, everything is so tight um, below us that it hasn't actually done too much damage. And I'll, I'll explain a bit why. Um, we're lucky that we're still in a situation at the Swans where provided we do what we need to do, we'll be fine because we're, we're in sixth. We, we, have the, um, we have the advantage of having got all those wins on the board. We've won eight games. And typically, if you go back, I went back the past 10 seasons, so 10 seasons, including this year, so to 2012, which was a, a far more enjoyable day against Hawthorne than we had this <laughs> week, wasn't it? I didn't, I didn't realise that. I'm getting like, you know, some sort of trauma or something. <laughs> Thinking back to better days. Malchewski. Oh, Nick Malchewski, what a superstar. Marty Matner with that run out of the wing. We should just do a whole episode where we talk about how good we were in 2012, shouldn't we? And forget, we can. About, we can. forget about what happened on the weekend against Hawthorne. And after I was so cocky too in the in the preview with all my cousins from Hawthorne anyway. That's what yeah, you get. That's they're what they're you gonna get. get stuck into you. Oh, a, you're not gonna get invited to Christmas and B if if you do, they're gonna get stuck into you, aren't they? Yeah, no, and I um I um I'm kind of um, on the bad side, I guess, of the Hawthorne family after all that bashing. But, you know, they they know how to win games of footy and that's what you need. Um, yeah. Anyway, so back to 2012. So I went back and I looked at the last 10 years. And um, if you get 13 wins, you will make the finals. That's what the last 10 seasons is showing us, that 13 wins gets you in, no problem at all. You are not going to miss the finals with 13 wins. And in five of those nine years, going back to 2012, not including this year, 12 wins and sometimes a bit of percentage has also been enough. So let's say that we want 12 wins is probably going to get you in, but let's say we want 13 to be safe. We need five. We've got nine left. So we've got to win five out of nine games. We can already cross off all the teams on the ladder from 12th down. So Adelaide, St Kilda, the 12th and 13th. For them to get to the magical 13 wins, they need to win eight and lose one for the rest of the season. I think we can both agree that Adelaide and St Kilda are not going to go 8-1 for the rest of the year. Probably not. St Kilda's way too, uh, just like, I mean, they lost to the Crows, right? I think Cairns on yeah. the on the bell with that yeah. amazing big, kick by Phil Thorpe. But, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, so I, yeah, I agree. Probably not. Yeah, but you so, never know, but probably not. So, yeah, so highly unlikely that Adelaide and St Kilda are going to go 8-1 for the rest of the year. Mm. Um, so that really only leaves the team's that are six to 11, which is us. So what we've got is we've got, um, we've got the Swans, West Coast, Richmond, and then we've got, um, we've got Fremantle, Essendon and the Giants. So we've got six teams that are realistically trying to get, sorry, six teams trying to get three spots on the ladder, realistically. Um, but the advantage is that those teams that are outside the eight now all have to get at least seven out of their last nine to get to that 13 wins. So that's quite an effort as well because of that gap because we've got this two team or two game gap so already west coast to get to 13 wins they're the same as us they need to win five richmond need to win six the giants essendon and Fremantle all need to win seven to get to that 13 magic number um we've got nine games left in the nine games that we've got left we play teams in the top eight to three times we play teams that are ranked ninth to 11th so those contender teams they can get to the eight three times and we play three games against teams who are 12th to 18th that don't have a chance of making finals. So if we beat those three weaker teams, we only need to get two wins out of the other six games we have against teams from 11th and up. So that's where we are on the ladder. Um, the final thing I'll say on this, because it's a lot mm. of information, unless you're taking notes with a pen and paper. That, um, <laughs> yeah. <Pop> quiz. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> How many wins have Richmond had? Um 
is the fixture because <laughs> that, that's the important thing. So I just said that we have to play three top eight teams still out of our nine. Richmond only play two, so they're looking pretty good. West Coast play four. Essendon play four. Frio play four. The Giants have to play five of their remaining nine against teams that are currently in the eight. So, mm. so those those teams that are um, that are outside the eight right now actually have more games against teams inside the eight left than the teams that are currently in the eight. So, hmm. if we don't blow it, we should still be fine. That's where I'm, okay. that's where I'm up to. That's that's the end of my speech on this. That's the, the that's the yeah. key the key message. Oh, but yeah. I mean, look, I'm looking. At, so, three games against twelfth to eighteenth. These are our these are our danger games. The games that we should be winning, we're bloody losing. Yeah, they're the ones we're so, dropping, aren't they? Yeah, we're dropping them. Um, but oh, and that said, you don't want to have to just come up against only top eight teams because that's going to take a toll as well. But okay, looking at it like that, the way you've laid it out, it's not impossible. It's still, I mean, obviously, it would have been. I mean, we both tip the Swans over the Hawks and I think everyone did, but um, yeah, it would have been great to get that win, but we're still, we're still very much in it is your point here. Yeah. And we, we are in control is the thing that yeah. I want to take away from this, I guess. If we beat the teams that are below us on the ladder for the rest of the year, then we will make the finals. No problem. We might even sneak into the home final fifth or sixth. You never know if we beat the mm. teams below us. Um, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, that hasn't always gone our way this year, but we'll have, no, to, we'll have, to, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, that's awesome. Thank you for doing that um, breakdown there for us, Steve. Uh, look, I needed to take something. After watching that Hawthorne game, it was also doom and gloom. I thought, no, okay, I need to convince myself that this did not hurt our final chance. <laughs> very optimistic, very forward-facing. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that I'll go through the fixture and just give the most favourable interpretation of it that I can. Well done, mate. Well done. You don't. You're not so much on the free kicks, but you like uh, analysing the ladder and saying it's all up to us. Yeah, that's our fate it. is in our hands. Yeah, I like <laughs> stuff we can control. Just like I said with the free kicks, we can't control an umpire who hates us or who just is bad at their job. But we can control how we attack the footy, and we can control not losing any more games to bloody North Melbourne or whoever else we've got to play. Oh God. I hate to think. All right. Um, okay. Let's I'll just give a quick buddy update uh, on his um, chasing the thousand goal uh, milestone. He only gave us one goal against his former team Hawthorne last Friday. So he take, it takes his t- tally to 969. So he is one goal away from equaling Jack Titus uh, to become the sixth greatest goal kicker of all time. He's two away from leapfrogging him. And of course, Jack Titus played for Richmond in 1926 to 1943. So um, we're all looking forward to that, buddy. Um, he's so selfless these days. Sometimes I just want him to kick a few goals, a few more goals for himself. But um, anyway, he, he's the team player, so it's great to watch. All right, um, are you are you we okay to move on here, Steve? Are you going yeah, to any other points? Definitely. I promise I won't bombard anyone with any more ladder predictions for at least the next few weeks when we need it again to cheer us up. No worries. I love it, Steve. Cheers, mate. Um, okay. Um, we're going to talk about the round ahead in this segment. Um, and in this segment, we focus on one game. Uh, and it's the most important game as it's the Swans next game. Obviously, we've got a bye, so we're going to skip that. But I will also add, up until this episode, steve and I had been previewing two other non-Swans games of interest because we clearly have an unhealthy obsession with footy. But... For the sake of time, uh, both for the listeners and our own, and so we can also devote all of our attention into our beloved bloods, 
we are going to drop that section going forward. Uh, that said, we'll still run through our tips for the rest of the round as always. So you can look forward to getting some terrible, awful predictions from us because, oh, my, I, can't, I can't pick a dirty nose at the moment, mate. That's where I'm at. But anyway, with that in mind, let's skip ahead to the games of the round and have a quick look at that and give our tips. So game one is third place Cats versus second place Bulldogs at uh, GMHBA in Geelong with no crowd at the request of Geelong. On Friday night, I'm picking the Cats. How about you, mate? Yeah, I'll pick the Cats too. I'm curious about this one because I heard that there was no crowd and I was watching one of the footy panel shows during the week. I forget which one it was. And they asked about the no crowd as well because Geelong is outside of the, of the Melbourne restriction zone, right, for COVID, isn't it? So they could have a crowd but have agreed not to. How did that work? Do you know how it worked? Or? Oh, I don't. I, I, I gathered that maybe the Bulldogs who are based within that restriction zone were leaving that and coming out. So they didn't want to potentially, you know, kick the ball into the crowd and people get coronavirus <laughs> like the South Australian health minister was worried about um, the other week in Adelaide. But um, that's my only, I, I think if they were playing a team outside of um, Melbourne, then I don't know if they would have been able to say no crowd thanks. But okay. it was either there with no crowd or elsewhere, elsewhere as in Tasmania or, or Sydney with with the crowd, I think. So they, they went for the, the local with no crowd, I believe. Okay, so so for the moment, the way it stands is that games can be played again in Victoria, but with no crowd. Am I understanding right? That That's my ta- that's that's how I see it. But okay. I, it's been a couple of days since I've read up on the um, the actual uh, position, but that it's scheduled this way and fi- um, in the fixture like this, then that's my um, assumption. Yeah, gotcha. Cool. Yeah, because I was a bit confused with that one, so I thought maybe there'd been more. I haven't seen much of the Australian news this week, so I wasn't sure if something had changed. Sweet. Yeah, no, um, I think that's the case. But, yeah, I'm going with the Cats, mate, because they look yeah. amazing against power. Yeah, I like them, hey. And honestly, I think that the Bulldogs are, are good, but the Cats are a bit more good right now. <laughs> the Cats are a bit more good. A bit more, a bit more better, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing, the Bulldogs have a week off, so it's always interesting to see how... Um, teams come back after after the week off, mm. but um, I'm getting that right, right? I think they had a week off last week. I think just... Yeah, I don't remember them playing. Double double check that. Yeah, I didn't. I don't remember them. I don't remember me getting a, an incorrect tip for their game. So, um, <laughs> but you know, it's not too yeah, bad because they... there weren't many games last week. So you know, getting three is not as bad as getting three when there's nine games. Mate, I got two and one got of them two. was a draw. I got two and one was a draw. So. Oh, does the draw right, count, does it? You get a point for a draw. Oh, All right. Yeah, I think I believe so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Game two, we've got 15th place Suns versus fifth place Power at Metricon Stadium up on the Gold Coast on Saturday afternoon. I'm going to go with the Power. Yep, me too. Gold Coast decided to play their one good game of the season against us, which was very nice. Thanks, guys. Thank yep. you, Gold Coast. You yep. bastards. All right. Uh, game three, we've got the 18th place Kangaroos versus fourth fourth place Lions at Blundstone Arena in Hobart on Saturday twilight uh, time slot. I'm going the Lions, although you never know with the ruse these days, showing some form. And it's in, in Hobart. Okay. I'm so that's, of... their, that's their home away from home, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then Hawks play play in the north, don't they? Launceston. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah I'm, I'm going to tip the Lions, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Kangaroos have a real crack at them because they were, they were pretty good this last week against the Giants, weren't they? 
They were. They, they probably should have beat the Giants. So yeah, they should have. Yeah, for sure. I was watching that game and I, I kind of, I was, I was cheering for the Ruse to get up for our for our latter reasons. Um, <laughs> no <yeah>. other reasons. <laughs> Absolutely none. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll tip Brisbane as well. I'm saying with Brisbane. Fair play. Yeah. Game four, we've got tenth place Giants versus fourteenth place Blues at uh, Giants Stadium in Sydney at Homebush there on Saturday night. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick the Giants to bounce back. Um, and beat the Blues convincingly. Yeah, and I guess the Giants, I mean, they need to win this. If they drop this one, they can pretty much forget about the finals, can't they? Because also I should say that those predictions that I was talking about in the last segment were assuming that the Giants and the Bombers both win this week. So if they don't, it gets even harder. So I think, yeah, they're going to have to, right? They they are Giants. Yeah. Yeah. Game five, 17th place Hawks versus 11th place Bombers at UTAS uh, in Launceston there uh, on Sunday twilight. Um, I'm going to pick the Hawks because I thought they played pretty pretty well against us. And it's down in their uh, Tassie home away from home for them. So how about you, mate? All right, so there's two games this round. Two out of five games are in Tasmania this week. Yeah, yeah. And they, they won't give them a footy team, but they'll play all their all their spare matches down there. That's interesting. And um, uh, Northern Territory will uh, apply for a, an application and then have all their games removed. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know, mate. Yeah, oh, look, I, I'd, love to, I'd love to see a team in Tassie. That's a whole other episode. Let's do. Let's tell the listeners that we we fully intend to give uh, or do a, do an episode where we talk about what how we would have uh, an AFL competition in Australia, what that would look like for us. Um, but that is seriously, we, you and I talk about that probably every quarter and we have a heated debate about which... Yeah, we, which we never agree, be, ever. Yeah. We never, never, yeah. But but let's 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 do it because I think it's an interesting topic. Yeah, it is, we'll, it is for sure. We'll come back, yeah, we'll come back and we'll have a whole um, segment in, in an episode um, by the end of the year uh, where we talk about that. But um, uh, teams that have the bye this week, uh, there's a fair few of them. Oh, I don't Rose give my Tigers. tip. Sorry, I need to give you my tip. I didn't say it. I oh, yeah, the last one. I just yeah, realized who's... I didn't that he didn't tell you. I think so. Who did you tip? You tipped Hawthorne. Hawks, yeah. And we've tipped the same for all the other ones. I'll tip the Bombers then. Bombers. Yeah, I think they're always heated affairs between the Hawks and the Bombers. So it should be a good game. But yeah, I just think that if the Hawks can play like they did against us, although we were terrible, so I it don't know. Absolutely disgraceful. But they were great, so good on them. Yeah. All right, teams with a with a buyer, Crows, Tigers, Saints, Eagles, Swans, Magpies, Dockers, and Demons. Like so short round. round, five yeah, basically the yeah, everyone. There's only five games. So yeah. nice, short and sharp, but one every what Friday, two on Saturday, three on Saturday, one on Sunday. So yeah, all right. Well, uh, have you got anything else to add, mate? No, I think that's that's it for me this week. It's gonna be a short round, but it'll be good because it'll be easier to catch up on most of the games with only five. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, um, it, with that in mind, that brings us to the end of this episode. On behalf of the Bevy, I would like to say thank you very much for listening. We look forward to you joining us next time. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at A Bevy of Bloods for updates and announcements. Please also feel free to check out A Quick Bevy with Swans fans on YouTube and Spotify or wherever you check out your videos and podcasts. A Quick Bevy is a 10-minute weekly bonus series by me and another mate, Chris in which we take in turns racing the clock to answer some swans and footy-related questions. Until then, up the bloods and can you, Swannies? <laughs>